What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. All right, everybody. Welcome to a joint venture podcast today. Pretty excited. We've got Brady Smith on the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast, and Brady has Pete and Craig on the Drilled podcast. Isn't this fascinating? If you're, ahead, listen, if you're listening to this on Drilled, we got, we got some really – we're doing a weird collaboration where this is going to be released in two locations at the same time. So it's a combined podcast with Drilled with Dr. Brady podcast and the, and the Bulletproof Dental Practice uh, – Bulletproof Dental – Practice podcast. Practice podcast. It's a mouthful. Oh, Craig oh. just learned how to I say it. I just learned it, it like literally week. back in May. Yep. He I, actually I, had I, to get a thing I behind know. him so he could say so yeah. it was a banner behind him in the, in the thing, right? Before that, I was like bulletproof practice and yeah, all those different things. So it now was I don't forget. For Super me. embarrassing. Listen, you guys are one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah that's saying a lot because there's a lot of dental practice. There's a lot of podcasts out there. A lot of dental yeah. podcasts. A lot of are dental really? podcasts. Yeah, it's like 70. 70. I can't imagine that. It's growing every day. Well, look, here's the good thing is that some of them, well, thank you, Brady, for that, number one. But the other thing is like, it's a lot of them don't with, produce with consistency. People dip their toe in it and then they realize like, damn, this is a lot of work. And then they just stop after like five episodes or, yes. um, or some of them just, you know, you kind of listen to and you're like, oh, this is, this is a infomercial for someone or B, maybe like, I don't really want to listen to this person anymore kind of thing. So I appreciate, why is ours your, why was ours one of your favorite? Just so I can, uh, just so I yeah. can get that compliment just feed my ego right now pal yeah let's do that let's build this up i love it um, it needs building well yeah, okay does. so listen very delicate there, these days there is no shortage of content about like how to double your production and how yeah. to be the best and uh, maximize 45 everything. second endo <laughs> <laughs> call today right right so you I want attracted, a fucking 45 second endo trust me i was i was attracted by the 45 second endo that craig uh likes to market um no <laughs> But I felt genuine. Uh, I liked the banter. I liked, uh, there was, you know, one of the first things I incorporated into my practice was something I learned from Bulletproof Dental Practice was uh, I buy lunch for my staff. And I learned no that. Way. from good for I, you. I buy, I buy, yeah, so I started that January But you still first. call them a staff, so, so is that, is that a, like... Yeah. What do you call them? See, that's in, in my team. world. Oh, staff, staff's an infection. You know, words have power. I didn't, I didn't realize this was politically God. correct. Sense. No, it's no, not I politically mean, look, correct. You're doing something so nice, but then you're like, hey, here you go, staff. Yeah. Well, my it's team. Like, yes. Yeah, your front desk. You, you're the person who takes care of all the people that call. You know, I knew I was going to do it. I knew I was going to buy my staff lunch every day. Team. Um, Go ahead. And then Sorry. in like uh, October, November, we were approaching uh, $2 million of collections seems really, seemed really doable. So I said, listen, if we hit $2 million uh, by the end of the year, I'm going to buy you all lunch every day for the whole year, 2020. Wow. And they were $1,200 short. Yeah, no deal. Well, our team was twelve hundred dollars short. Right. Right. But I was going to give it to them anyways because they were what they were going to do is they they realized twelve hundred dollars is actually like it'd be better for them to pool their money together. Well, did they? And and spend the twelve hundred dollars at the practice to hit the yeah. two million, 
and I stopped them. I said, don't, no, let's not Okay, do that. well, at least they did that, but that's good. But, you they know, here's the thing. Here's where I was going, going with that. To. Is that in the era of everyone getting, like, everyone winning regardless, everyone getting participation trophies, if I have a thing with that with my team, like, and it's $1 short of the goal, like, no go. No, it, it's, no just, it's just meritocracy of the world we should live in. Like, it shouldn't be, yeah. okay, well, you came really close. Like, in life, sometimes it's not close enough isn't good enough. Well, I would have done it. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Bracer. Well, I would have done it immediately in October, but I looked at it as I'm going to use this as extra motivation for the next couple of months to really get them just cracking, right? Yeah, it's great. I would, as soon as I heard it, I was like, yeah, I should definitely implement that. That sounds really good. Well, Brady, I, I love that you attached a metric to it, right? As opposed to just like, um, I love that you attached it to a reward. Like if you do this, if the business wins and I win, then you can win kind of thing versus right. like just deploying free lunch at, at will anytime, doesn't matter how good the business does, right? Like that's not a good system. Yeah. Exactly. Can I, can I right, tell you Dr. what's Kodak? happened? Because yes, right. Exactly. Dr. Bolden. So anyway, what I want to say is, you know, obviously you got that for me because that's what one thing that I was doing for a really long time. And I just want to tell you, it was you specifically. Yeah. yeah. So we started that program. Holy smokes, probably 2012. So at that time, 2011, 2012, we were probably like seven or 10 people. And now we're up at like 30, 40 people. But the funny thing was, and this is just, just food for thought, because what Pete mentioned is really important, that you attach the metric. And if I could design the program over, I've done a lot of things like what you've done, you know, where it's like, get to this and I'll do this. Long-term reward can turn into expectation. And whenever any of us uh, trade in, uh, you know, whenever we have expectations, there's going to be sources of disappointment. So just in full disclosure, we stopped doing lunch about December oh, really? of it. We stopped doing lunch, I think in like January, because let me tell you what was happening. And this is unfortunate, yeah. but this is what happens. We were getting an inordinate amount of complaints from people who have been here a long time who are really wonderful people. And I'm not trying to make them, I've got an amazing, amazing team of people. I love them and they work their tails off but it's just human nature. And we were getting complaints about, you know, is it really going to be salad again? Like complaints about the free lunch? Yeah, a lot. Not one or two, not one or two, not an occasional, you know, geez, I really, I don't like feta cheese. Like, you know, on the salad bar, we had a brick on freaking full on salad bar. And I I bring up the story because like my wife, Peter knows this, my wife cooks dinner every single freaking night. Nice. She's just like old school and she Great. works her tail off. She works out. She's like super wife, super mom. Every single day she cooks us dinner. Smoke show. And, and when I, yeah, thank you. She's just, she's a smoke show. So anyway, right. thank you for that. Um, is that a compliment? That's not a compliment to me, but. That's it's a little weird, I mean. Peter. It's a little you weird. Have, you you definitely it. outkicked your coverage on that, but you know, yeah. like you still win. <laughs> well, You're I, the had winner. Pande- I had pandemic coverage. You're the winner you know of that. Who cares? So anyway, um, she does it every single night. And the reason why I'm bringing the story up is because it's just human nature. I love her. I respect her. She's an amazing human being. But maybe once or twice when I was eating, after I was done, I picked up my plate. She's like, baby, I got it. So I left my plate there. And what does that turn into after like six, eight months? I would just literally eat and walk away and be a complete, you know, douchebag about it. Like literally leave the plate. And then finally just broke. Like, what are you like? Am I your maid? I'm like, oh my God, baby, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. And she's like, well, you know, but that's, so what I'm saying is I'm, I'm not trying to paint my team into a box and saying they're unappreciative. It is just human nature that when something just shows out with any consequence at all, you will tend to, get, to take it for granted. If you're around anything long enough, even the most special thing, you'll take it for granted. Sunsets, mm-hmm. 
are amazing. Yeah. When's the last time you like said, holy shit, look at the sky going red. I got to stay here for 20 minutes and enjoy it. Just happens every day. So sure. if I were to just look back at my past self and I hear you instituting this package, this, this thing, what I would have done and what I may consider doing is give, giving, getting a smaller timeline to that free lunch. Just say, if, hey, if you hit this goal, we're doing free lunches for a blank amount of time because a year's a long time. And I guarantee you, well, I don't guarantee, but my expectations, if your humans are like my humans are, or like me, a month 10, they'd be like, chicken again, Dr. Brady? Chicken again, really? We just had chicken last Thursday. It's funny. We do a, so we, the way we organize it is a group Grubhub account. And so they have to order from the same place. Mm-hmm. I don't let them like, I want Chick-fil-A. I want Arby's. I want uh, Chipotle. It's, it's gotta be the same place. And there's a $10 uh, maximum. I don't let them go over 10 bucks. That's good. Um, but I did take it away for two months during COVID when we were trying to really reduce, because we stayed open and we tried to reduce a lot of costs. I did take it away, but I've since implemented it back in. I do get that a little bit, but here's the flip side of that. Here's, what's really interesting is that um, we're expanding and growing and I'm kind of constantly, perpetually looking for new dental assistants. Mm-hmm. And the dental assistants that I get now are almost always referrals from my dental assistants. Yeah. And that's never really happened before. And I don't think it's just lunch. I think it's just the way we treat. We, well, it's a culture got, thing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. the best hires you can have. It's so funny. Just before right. this call, I put together a team recruitment incentivization plan. And I got the idea from a book called Who? W-H-O. It's fantastic. And it talks about the hiring process and how we all screw it up royally. But your yeah. team, bringing on team, we just had the same thing with hygienists. Brittany, our lead hygienist, had like a hygiene crush on this person she heard about through the hygiene school named Shay. She recruited Shay, brought her into the organization. Then Shay persuaded her friend, Jenny, to leave her job and come work with us. Imagine if I would have, you know, that's happened in the last three weeks. We hired one person from a dental office and she's gotten two girls in addition to her to quit their job at the same. I feel bad. I feel like I'm going to get a call from this dental no, 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 no. It's going to be perfect. I had nothing to do with it. Becky you did it. And by the way, Brady, right. put together an incentivization. So everyone that brings a team member on after the 90-day trial hire, don't just do it if anybody shows up. Make sure that they don't feel like they're, they can get in trouble. So even if mm-hmm. you send your psychotic cousin over and we, she does a working interview and she's crazy and we, let her, we don't have her here, no mark on you. But mm-hmm. if they turn into a successful hire, consider giving that team member a headhunting bonus. bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do. That's that. cool. No, I like that. Do it. That's a really good idea. Um, so for now, the lunch is working out and they love it. And it's it been will. Fan, it's been fantastic. We get a lot of gratitude, but we are in the early stages. Well, it took me nine um, years to run its course. And by the way, the new yeah. people that they got it taken away from. So a lot of new people. So what'll happen is when you have an amazing, amazing culture and what you'll find is that new people will be like, holy smokes. Like, oh my God, like those new assistants that are coming over are like amazing. But eventually, you know, just like all of us human beings, the law of familiarity sets into place and you start taking things for granted. So you'll find new people that are really into it. So the interesting thing is when we we clip the lunches and we turn it into only give it for new people. Exactly. That's the key. (laughs) Yes. That's a perfect key. Great. Yeah. If you're here, we call you staff and everybody that's new is going to be called team from now on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Get a class war going. 
Oh, Brady, I got a question for you. How the hell did you get Joe Rogan to talk about you? That's a good question, dude. Uh, I mean, I can tell you the circumstances. I woke up one day to my phone blowing up and people saying, Joe Rogan is talking about you on his podcast. And I said, shut up. You said fake news. Right? There's no way, fake right? Fake news. Yeah. But I started getting multiple texts. And, uh, I mean, essentially, here's the thing. His guest that day was Burt Kreischer, who's a very funny comedian. And Burt Kreischer and I have a mutual friend. And her name is Jessa Reed. And she's also a comedian. A very filthy comedian. She's very funny. Um, you should check her out. Uh, and she tells a lot of stories about meth addiction, uh, of which she uh, experienced. So she lost all of her teeth through uh, meth addiction, maybe some neglect in there too. And I watched her on Burt Kreischer's podcast. Burt Kreischer has a podcast called uh, Burtcast, and it's, it's he films it. It's on YouTube. So I was watching that one day, and Jessa Reed was on there as a guest. And in the first five seconds, her denture falls out. Oh, shit. And she turns <sighs> around and she's like, and she's like gluing it. She has, she takes glue out of her purse and I'm watching that. And Burt Kreischer is looking with his eyes freaking yeah. wide as the Grand Canyon. Like, what the hell? What is going on? Yeah, Part of your skull on. just fell out. You know, I mean, we, we don't take, we don't take, so we routine. take. It's so routine, but it's true. Right. You take a denture out to a lay person, you might as well have just like rolled your head 360 degrees like the exorcist. It's like people will look at you like that. It, yes. It's, it's like you just took your head off. I Wait, mean, so it's keep, like, keep going, Brady. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is fascinating. <laughs> so um, at that point, I didn't know Jessa, but I was watching that and I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. So she and she's like this per, her, her personality. She's a, she's a really, really cool person. And she is impervious to being embarrassed. Like the of kind of person, like it's impossible to embarrass somebody, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so she was like, whatever. And she's like, you can edit that out. And Bert's like, no, never. We are never editing that out. That's great. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I started, a lot of the, what I do uh, with my podcast is based on charitable giving, right? So mm -hmm. giving away a lot of dentistry. And one of the places I started giving away a lot of charity to was comics, stand-up comedians. I'm a huge fan of comedy. So I started with local comics. I find local comics. And I'd be like, hey, let me help you out. Get some root canals for some people. And one of the comics I knew knew Jessa and had her phone number. And I said to her, hey, I'd like to help her. If she needs help, uh, I'd like to, you know, um, she, I knew she had some ties to Portland as well. So I kind of knew that about her. And I said, uh, listen, if she's really interested, I'd be willing to do some implants for her for free. And so she hooked that up and Jessica came to my office kind of incredulous, but this is something that I had been in the practice of doing regularly. And so she was completely edentulous, no teeth, just for traditional grandma and grandpa's dentures, which is why they fell out. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, I can really easily make you an overdenture, throw some implants up, upper and lower and help you out. And she agreed. So we did it. We became really good friends and we're still really good friends. And she texted Burt Kreischer and said, Hey, from that podcast, some dentist in Portland reached out and is doing implants for free. So Burt and, Burt and I had some communication back and forth and, and that was really awesome. And just basically just say, thank you for helping out. And I was like, no problem. Love to do it. And then like two years later, Burt is on Joe Rogan recalling this dentist who, and if you watch the clip, 
he doesn't remember my name. And then somehow, and I still don't know how this happened. I'll have to Jamie. ask Joe. Jamie, it happened from Jamie. Yeah, I have to ask Jamie Joe when who, I get on there. Yeah, Jamie Jamie knew, Jamie within seconds was like, Brady Smith out of Portland. And Joe was like, oh, let's give him a shout out. And he started talking about my, and he has a podcast called Drilled. So they started shouting that out. And I was really, I mean, listen, it was like, you start watching that. And it's just like surreal to like, yeah, awesome. he's like, an, I mean, he's an idol of mine. I mean, I, I consume, I consume that guy's content. Me like, too. I love all the Joe time. Rogan. I love him. Such a badass. Right. And so that was really super awesome. And that's something I use as a testimony to charitable service. Cool shit happens. Cool shit yeah. just, just, cool shit just happens when you, I, when you are out there putting that stuff out there in the, in so the, that's, in the world. That's exactly my John Carlos Stanton story. The uh, Yankee, the New York Yankee. He came into my office cause he got hit with that fastball, broke his teeth. Yeah. And I've heard that's, yes. we're, we're milling his Sarek bridge for hours and we have these things called culture books. So he's like bored. He's like looking through our books. We have these books of what, what we've done every year. And we're just, he's just seeing all this. Like, what is this? I'm like, oh, that's a free dental day. He's like, well, what do you do? I was like, I opened the practice. And I just do tons of dentistry. We just do whatever we can all single day. And, uh, and then from that, like six months later, he's like, hey, I got this $350 million contract. And there's a stipulation to create a charity. You want to create one? I'm like, uh, yeah. So to your point, Brady, it's like, you know, the, the dots don't connect going forward. They only connect going backwards. Mm -hmm. But if your spirit is to do the right thing for the loving, for a loving purpose and a higher purpose, which, you know, I don't know you, Brady, but now I'm getting to know you, but that precedes you that this is who you are. And, um, you know, I, I did a recent treatment like that an upper and lower all on four for a meth addict is a $70,000 treatment. Yeah. Um, and we got some publicity out of it, which is cool. And, but, you know, and it's hard because some people, you know, especially in that world, you don't know where they are in their recovery cycle. So oftentimes it's not the storybook uh, <laughs> sequence of falling right. down and recovering. So it, it becomes tricky because I think my, one of my people that recently I did it on, they're kind of stumbling through. So it's, it's hard because I've done this work and I'm trying to get it it's, back to maintain it. So it's hard. It's always hard. And you want to choose the right candidate. You can't. And, you wanna, it's, when, it's, it, and it's very hard. And that, that's a stumbling block for a lot of dentists who want to do charitable work is like they just don't do it because they're so worried about that. Um, and I, I, you know, I, it's just, uh, you got to start off with what you're comfortable with, you know, maybe pulling a tooth for someone super easy, right? Super low overhead costs you very, very little, um, before you start doing $70,000 cases and work yourself up to where you're comfortable doing that for people, uh, regardless of the, and you have to be comfortable regardless of the outcome, you know, exactly. If you do it with an uh, expectation, you don't get it. You're going to be upset, but if you do it with a charitable spirit, you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, I was super impressed with a gentleman who came in my office one time named Jasper. I actually have him on my podcast. He's one of our episodes. You can go back through our podcast and listen to his episode. He came to me one month after spending 27 years in jail, uh, in prison, rather. And one of the most pleasant guys I've ever met. It was nonviolent crime. And I ended up just saying, in my head and in my heart, I was like, there's no way this guy's ever going to be able to afford anything that he needs. So I was just kept on being like, just let me take care of this for you. He was like, oh, okay. So I did a bunch of dental work, put a, put a bunch of implants in. He's in jail again. Mm. And he's got impl unrestored implants in his mouth. Uh, and he's in jail for something. He's going to be in jail for, for, for the majority of his life. So super heart-wrenching. And especially if you listen mm. to the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, you, you would think this guy could be a motivational speaker. That would oh, be a wow. good, like, he, he was that good. Uh, super pleasant. He impressed me on the first visit and it, it impressed me enough to, to inspire me to just take him under my wing and help him out. Was the and second then, crime also nonviolent though? 
No. Oh, uh, well, no. okay, got it. So it the wasn't. first time was nonviolent, and the system kind of made him, he got, violent, he got violent prone in the system, potentially. He, he got together with a girl that probably was not a good influence on him, who was also in and out of jail a lot. And she, yeah. I mean, I, I'm biased because I like the guy. He's like a, like a brother to me. Like, it's like where you're like, you don't want to blame him. Yeah, of course, of course. It's the bad influence on him. But you're absolutely right. You can't you can't win them all. And not every story ends in the in a knight in shining armor, you know, off in the sunset with the princess. So charitable service is a mixed bag. Um, but you just got to do it for the right reasons and make sure you're doing it. You know, you know why you're doing it. You're not doing it's it. It's the same thing with the lunches, by the way. People would like say to me, and my, my team would come to me all the time, same thing. And say like, oh my God, they're complaining about it. Aren't you pissed off? I'm like, no. You know what I mean? It's like a, you, you have to feel good about what you're doing. And, and the big difference between people like you and others is that there's no expectation. You're actually doing it for you, Brady. Like public, community service is selfish because you're doing it because it makes you feel good. You know, and if you can wrap your head right. around that, you like you, even if no one knows, you look in the pe- per- person's eye and it reinvigorates us in dentistry because, you know, it's like a, it's a kid who plays baseball his whole life. He li- lives for little league. He sleeps with his glove under his you know, pillow. He loves playing baseball because he's intrinsically motivated to go play baseball. All of a sudden he signs a huge contract for 325 million and it's all pressure and to perform. And now it's extrinsic motivation. It's like Moby Dick is a good fucking book. But I had to find that out 20 years after I was told to read it in high school because I was told to read it in high school. I mean, this is call me Ishmael. Holy shit. Like, how long is this thing going to be? I then should you check actually, that one out. Yeah, you should check it out. You should actually <laughs> check it out. The point I'm trying to make is that we, we get into dentistry. We're excited the first day we go into clinic. I get to work on a patient today. I get to give a block. I'm so excited. Shit, I do this for free. I can't believe I'm learning this. A lot of us feel that way. Yeah. And then seven to 10, yeah. 15 years down the road, like, oh, I got a freaking MOD to do. And can't believe I'm doing MODs. You know, Dr. So-and-so in New York never does that. He just does veneers all day. And he does. And look at Brady. He's doing full mouth recons. Why can't I be like that? And we start, you know, effing ourselves up. So I think it's important to just remember that we get an opportunity to serve. We have a skill set where we can literally just dole out good deeds at any given moment. I mean, even right. people need a cleaning. You can just literally help any human being that has teeth, that doesn't have teeth, that, has, that doesn't want them, that wants them. Every human being is a potential person that we can help, which is unlike, you know, if you're a pool guy and you build pools, there's not a lot of people that want pools in Minneapolis in the winter. Right. And with that, I'll, I'll be quiet now. That was just my rant. No, I, I love rant. those thoughts. And just to kind of piggyback off that, I would say, you know, dentistry is so interesting because the cost of doing something for free for someone doesn't move the needle for me. Like if I do five free crowns, I will not notice a blip in my paycheck. Won't notice it. It's not enough to even, to even make me look twice at it. But to a patient, if I'm doing a crown and it's a thousand, twelve hundred, eight hundred, whatever your crown cost is, that's the rent check, man. I mean, that's for a lot of people. And I would say most of America and definitely most of my patients, that is, that is, uh, I wouldn't say life changing, but it's, it's no, more it's, than it, no, it is life. Hand. It is life changing. It is life changing. It's, it's a big so deal. A, a person who has a broke, broken seven through 10 because they got in an accident. Right. They are handicapped. You walk in and you smile with your broken seven through 10 and they're severely broken, restorable, but severely broken. You will be judged. You will be, you, people will be scared of you. You are physically yeah. handicapped. A smile is if you don't smile, you cover your lips and people, you walk in, in an interview and you cover your lips. You're making as a human being, you're making judgments like this person's angry. This person's mean. They don't, they don't know you're just embarrassed because you're dentally handicapped. 
So four crowns cost you what? That kid or that woman or whoever you're doing this on picks up a mirror, I guarantee they're getting tears on those crowns. So when you're saying four crowns, people are thinking, oh, 30, 31, you know, and 29, 30. Yeah, maybe you won't cry, but a person that has broken down teeth. And we just did that recently. I want to share one thing. This is a great story. So this guy comes into my office, really young, nice kid. He sees one of my specialists. The specialist charges him quite a bit of money to do some advanced grafting. He had trauma. He like lost one of his teeth, one of his front teeth comes and he already paid like $2,000, but I guess he can't afford stage two. He's just been living in temps that are breaking apart. He sees Dr. Jenny in my practice, who's a real rock star cosmetic dentist. Jenny says, you know, it's going to be $8,000, whatever, $7,000. I can't remember. He's like, wow, that's a lot of money. Jenny comes to me and says, listen, something just tugs on my heartstrings with this kid. I will pay for his lab bill. I will do whatever it takes. I just really want to give this kid the smile. He just really touched me in some way. I'm like, no, no, Jenny, let's just do it. I'll handle the lab fee. No, 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 I want to do it. No, no, no. We kind of fought. I'm like, no, I am handling it. The practice can afford the damn lab fee. So she's like, oh my God, I can't wait to call him. She calls him, goes to voicemail, calls him again, goes to voicemail. She leaves a voicemail. He calls back and says, I haven't checked my voicemail. I was actually at my church. And while you were calling me, I felt the phone in my pocket. The entire congregation had their hands on my body and we were praying for a solution for my teeth when she was freaking calling. I got goosebumps right now. So she literally, he just freaked and he was crying. I mean, we made a video about it. So it's really, it's really cool. But the kid is so polished and such a great kid. And and we changed his freaking life crying. It was just so beautiful. So to your point, usually to change someone's life costs a shit ton of time and a shit ton of money. And we yep. and every dentist listening to this right now, today or tomorrow, for relatively, for a couple hundred dollars of your cost and your yeah. time, but the couple hundred bucks, you can transform a person's life and never see no. them again. Yeah, it's, it's exact, that's exactly the point. And that's, what, that's kind of one of my messages to dentists is like, this is like the power you wield. And it sounds like very uh, Avengers-ish. But the power you wield is tremendously impactful. And you should use that to help other people. I mean, it's when you can and however you can. And then the idea is like, what happens when you do? Um, well, there's definitely personal fulfillment. There's definitely a help. I think it helps with mental health. Charitable service is super tied with that. But interestingly enough, if you gave me, if someone tells me, I've got this email from a, from a, from a listener before from a dentist, I got $10,000 to spend on marketing. What should I spend this money on? <laughs> and, doing a million dollars with a dentistry. <laughs> so that's what I say. That's what I say. Because, well, you can 10x that really easy by doing, and by 10x, what I mean is, you know, $10,000 should buy you about $100,000 of dental work, right? It depends on what you need, depends on the overhead on certain things. But I would say, Take the $10,000 and do $10,000 worth of free crowns, free root canals, free implants. Do it, do it slowly over time, not on, not on, but just slowly allocate that to people. And then you're going to have cheerleaders all over your community talking about you. It's true. And we oftentimes as successful business owners or successful dentists, we use money and that's not our best tool. Our tool is not properly levered when you use money because a $10,000 donation, I've done it before. I mean, that, that check up there is a $40,000 donation of Feeding America. It was 20 for me and 20 from a, a friend of mine. But awesome. like 
that's cool and I feel really good about it. But now when we start using money as, a, as the power and what it could do to, for, for people's lives, it's 10x. I got to tell you right. a funny story though. And I, I know it's, uh, it's, it's turning into the Craig and Brady show here. So I'm going to have Peter step in with the 15 uh, highly effective did Peter, habits. Did, did Peter go to the bathroom? Yeah, Peter's a, that's a screenshot. It's I'm a gift. Let, I'm just letting you guys but, but, play topper, so, topper stories. No, no, no. You want to hear a story? No, let me show no, no, you a no, story. I, I, no, this is a one story. No, yeah. no, let me hear. This story's better. No, no, I'm not trying to one out. No, Brady's Brady. No, we're, we're pulling this. We're pulling on the same uh, rope here, but I do yeah. want to bring up, you know, cause I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, if I start sharing charitable stories where this is going to be the only thing we talk about on the podcast is no, I want to right, talk about today. I want to talk about a, fu- a funny, interesting story of a patient incensed and wildly angry about my charity. Okay. Do you, do you want to hear it or not really? I do, I do want to hear it. that. Sounds not crazy. really. Okay. Let's skip it. I just, okay, Craig, go for I'm just kidding. Craig, he'll get, he'll get butthurt about no, that. No, I will Craig, not. Bro, not at all. <laughs> I will not get go butthurt ahead, about Craig, that. Tell us your so, story. So check this out. So lady comes in, um, all in four. She's in a temporary longer than she should be. She can't afford the final. She comes in like just really pissed off and she's giving everybody grief. And um, one of the things you can do, you're talking about like, you know, being a champion for your team and doing the right thing in charitable service, which creates a halo effect on the practice. Don't let your team members get beaten up by angry um, patients. Because when they come in, they dump all over your system. They dump on your administrative people at the front. And they get to you and like, oh my God, hi doctor. And the assistant's like, what the fuck? This person's like a monster. And then you walk in and they're all like pussy gods with you. Yeah. So, so this was, lady was doing that. So I get ear that she's already very pissy. So I sit down, I'm already ready based on her behavior to fire her. Like, hey, listen, I love Lucy. Lucy's my favorite, one of my favorite team members and you can't bully her. So you're gonna bully her, I get it, but you can't be here and do that. I'm not gonna let you do that. And then she's like, well, you know, I know what's really going on and rah, rah, rah. And she just fully goes off about like, I see you helping all these people, you know, and they, they get free work. And what about me? And it was really interesting. Interesting. I didn't feel bad about it at all. I'm like, so let me get this straight. You're, you're upset. Yeah. Cause you know, that's my money quote unquote, that's my money you used to help them. I'm like, no, that was my money. Cause you paid me to do the work of which most dentists or many successful people would use that and buy a fancy watch. Yeah. This is a Garmin by the way, but most people, uh, you know, I'm like, you, you could have bought me my shirt. I took your money and I spent it on someone else that needed it. And it was just really interesting. It was, and she was just Mm. a mismatcher. She kept wanting to fight, but I thought it was so incredible that I met this person. I've actually met two or three now because we're very public about the charity that we do. Yeah. That was my money and you do it for them. And why won't you do it for me? Which is a very, very interesting, just humans, human behavior. That is super interesting because I get that a lot from, from dentists who I talk to about charity a lot and they say, well, don't you have people who come in and ask that very question? Why aren't you doing this for me? And my experience is I've never, not once, not once have I ever had someone come in and say, what about me? Um, If anything, People are super complimentary of that. I feel, I, but you got these one-offs. I think they're unicorns. And they I are unicorns because think- yeah, there's a hundred, a hundred to a thousand to one. I appreciate what you yeah, do in the community. That's why I support you. But you I know what's interesting? interesting? I was reading a book, and I'm in the middle of this book. It's really interesting called Hate Inc. And it's about basically how the how the media uh, manufactures conflict. Right. Ooh, I want to wa- I want to read that one for you sure. Do, you do want to read it. But one of the things it said, and this really hit me hard because of what I do with my charity, is that. People love stories like Casey Anthony because it's a story about a shitty mom and it makes them feel like better moms, Mm -hmm. right? So people love these stories that make them feel better. So 
stories that are, you know, stupid people doing stupid things, fail videos. It makes you feel better. Yeah. And, and videos, and, and I noticed this on my Instagram, I'll show videos, uh, documentary style of people that I've done a $50,000 case for for free. And I get X amount of likes and I look at the analytics and then I post a stupid meme about something stupid and it triples the amount of likes I get. Right. Um, it, and it's dumb. But the idea is that, you know, uh, stuff like this doesn't get as much uh, people, people who get pissed off because secretly deep down, it makes them, this kind of stuff has the, has the ability to make people feel inferior. Feel better about themselves though. Like, yeah. So when you, you know, hear I thought good, I was decent mom, but oh man, I'm great mom compared to that one. You know? Well, yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, I see someone with six pack abs. I'm like, dang it. I got to stop working out. This is not working out for me. Right. Or you see someone who, who's, who makes more money than you in dentistry and you're like, I quit. I can't, I, I, I just want to quit. It makes you feel, you see other successes. You see Comparison these nice stories. Comparison's the thief of joy. Right? Exactly right. Yep, for sure. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it was kind of disheartening to read that. It wasn't talking about this specifically, but I felt like kind of called out where like, no, we got to be able to bridge that somehow where this isn't about feeling like what I hope is that people see this and realize maybe charitable service is lacking in their life and they look for opportunities regardless of their profession to seek that out and, and enjoy the same things that everybody else is enjoying. All right, all right. We hope everyone is getting massive value from listening to this podcast. If you are, we're gonna ask a couple things in return. First, review us on iTunes. If you don't know how to do that, the easiest way is to pick up your phone, open the podcast app, click on the album art, and then scroll all the way through the episodes and you'll see review at the bottom. Go ahead and bang out the stars that we deserve. Second thing, if you haven't signed up for our text uh, list to get notified of special offers or the next summit or whatever it may be, uh, make sure to text the words bulletproof to 33777. That's 33777 and the word is bulletproof. Third thing is we've got the book, as most of you all know, but we've also got the audible version that Dr. Spodak spent three days in studio and it was an arduous task and he crushed it. He really should be an, an audible book reader. And last, if you haven't heard, uh, we've got an amazing deal with Merchant Cost Consulting, and it's for processing, and it's a uh, check out that episode. But if you want to get hooked up with that deal, make sure to uh, go to the landing page, bulletproofdiscounts.com. That's it, everyone. Hope you're having a great day, and we'll see you soon. Hey, man. Hopefully. So true. I think there's just a certain um, vibration, for lack of a better word, to to anger and negativity. And it, it's just more contagious. Anger and negativity is more contagious than positivity. You yeah. know, it, it just spreads faster. It's, it's, it, it goes into your amygdala in a different way. And it, it just, it's more viral negativity. Um, yeah. and, and also there's an evolutionary statistic that says human beings were, were wired to be moderately dissatisfied. That's why we've created such amazing things. Mm. You know, if you're at a 10 of satisfaction, you won't paint the, the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. You won't aspire for creativity and art. So when things are going really, really well, we tend to self-sabotage because statistically speaking, people like to settle at a seven out of 10 in satisfaction. Someone dies, you go to a one and then slowly you creep back up to a seven. You hit the lottery, you go to a 10 and you slowly sink back down to a seven. And the problem with that is that when everything's going really well and you're at a seven, you're like, what the hell's going on? 
So I'm a good mom. I got a good dad. I got this going on. I'm a good dentist. But why am I still moderately unsatisfied? I know it's because of Brady Smith, that motherfucker. He's going out there and doing a tons of tons of freaking charity and he's living the life. Guilty. 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 And that's why. And then you start feeling bad about yourself. But listen, it's not about, I mean, there's a saying in, 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 in religion it says if you if you save one person you save the world entire it's actually a saying in the torah in the jewish torah it's to save one life is to save the world entire because you can't do everything so what i tell these people yeah. like why not me i'm like there's no reason why not but why not them you know right. why not that person you know they came into our world at a time when they needed it and we had the allocation of capital and we could just do it but you know you can't let what you everything get in the way of doing something so, yeah. you know, to those that are listening, it could start super small and it could be your next patient tomorrow morning or whatever. And just be like, you know what? They tell, they lost your job. They lost their job. You know what? This feeling's on me for free. That's true. Yeah. It's great. Cute. It's great. Hey, can we, uh, can we segue into a different thing? Yeah. So I should probably get off then, right? <laughs> you got to start no. talking, bro. <laughs> um, listen, get some uh, air time I, for Pete. I, I do realize this is going to air on Drilled Podcast as well. And every week, um, I almost forgot to do this. Every week on Drilled, uh, the Drilled to Dr. Brady podcast, we do a secret word and I give away $500 of free dentistry to one of my listeners. So I'll have some listeners that are searching this, this podcast. And uh, I always feel bad when this really – so our podcast is a little more patient-facing. And uh, so I do these secret words to give them uh, $500 that's good in my office for any services that we provide. Uh would one of you guys like to come up with a secret word? Maybe Peter, since he's been so quiet. I've just been enjoying listening to you guys talk. The secret word is going to be rhinoceros. I love it. I love it. Because he has a golden rhinoceros. Perfect time. I just went off grid. I just went cue, the, cue the off grid. Okay. For those listening and in the Portland, Oregon, or Vancouver, Washington area, please email the word rhinoceros to drillpodcast at gmail.com. And it's worth 500 big ones in my office. I actually wanted to ask you guys a question because you guys do a lot of helping dentists kind of create systems in their practice and make, and, and, and drive on efficiency. Do a lot of, you do a lot of consulting. I get some questions sometimes emailed to me about uh, clinical things. And I always feel like that's not my thing. That's not like I'm comfortable and confident in what I do clinically and with my practice management systems. But since I got you guys here, I've got a question here from one of my, emailed me a while back that I'd like to throw at you guys and see how you guys handle this question because uh, I have my own opinions as well. Here's the question. As it pertains to dental consulting, how do I avoid slash identify predatory consulting firms or practices? Mm -hmm. That's a great one, Pete. Take it. Uh, Pete and I have spent hundreds of hours discussing this. Yeah, this is a really, really good question. That it's I a feel really like, important one. Yeah, really like with important you guys, one. With you guys here, who I consider to be, listen, you guys got some, not just good nuggets, you got good full systems that really work well. And I don't think, I don't believe there's one system that works, that is like the system. There's a lot of different ways to make dentistry work for sure. But go ahead, take it away, Peter. You know, I think it's, it's in, unfortunately in dentistry, we get preyed upon a lot, right? Because it, I think as an industry or as a profession, we are super trusting um, and, and because a lot of other industries or professions know that dentistry can yield good cash flow if run correctly, you know, it becomes predatory, like you say, Brady. So 
what are so unfortunately our industry, especially right now in uncertain times, is kind of fraught with with people who say, hmm, let me just consult a bunch of dentists. They got a bunch of cash and they don't really know, right? Because they so um I would I would encourage someone that if you're looking for something for a consultant or for someone to help with your practice, that they need to have copious experience with that, whether that or they are a dentist or, or you've, they've been through the trenches and they've seen, they've got enough chops to say, yeah, I I've, I've seen someone do this and here's the pathway out of it. Or, or I've been through this and here was, here was how I got out of it. Unfortunately, Brady, there's a lot of people in my opinion who are in the industry who truly don't have the chops to be talking about or guiding people because they themselves are probably in a worse off situation either clinically or financially than the people that they're advising. I, I agree with, I agree Tim with McNamara that. Tim says that he's like, you know, he does this trajectory. He's a super funny guy. Uh, um, he was at our last summit. He's talking about the timeline of the freelance dentist turning entrepreneur. Like I get one practice, I get the second, and now the first one's falling apart. And the second one's falling apart. I get the third and now all three are falling apart. What do I do now? And the audience like said, like as unanimous, like consult, you know, it's like, <laughs> Well, and look, and you're holding it, you know, when you're holding a screwdriver, everything looks like a screw. So these people, sometimes their business is based on being consultants. And so now I'm like, yes, I'm your guy. I'm your person versus like, you know, yes, like you alluded to Craig and I have a mastermind and we coach other dentists, but it is by no means our core business. Our core business is running dental practices at scale, right? That's what yeah. we do. And so, um, so I just, I don't know. I, I think there's just some things in caution and obviously looking for consensus among the industry, meaning talk to, if you're thinking about using someone, talk to people that have like, don't look at the testimonials on the website that say, yeah, they were awesome. Right. Cause anyone can make that shit up. Literally right. talk to people and say like, how did they take you from point A to point B? And like, do you have references of other dentists that you've helped? Yes or no. Right. Because so many times we just want to trust and say, oh God, the website was awesome. The videos were awesome. They seemed like they know what they were doing, but it could be a complete, you know, it could be a shit show. So, so I was, that's at my dental answer. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, answer. I agree with that. I think uh, dental consulting firms to me are like the injury lawyers of dentistry. 100%. It's uh, there's a little bit of ambulance chasing going on. Are injury lawyers necessary? Absolutely. You got it. People get injured and it's someone else's fault. They need representation, absolutely necessary. But do they benefit off your injury? They do they they need an injury to become to provide value. And that's true. And that becomes very difficult to navigate. And I don't know that I'm an expert, but I was talking to a gentleman at a dental conference I was at uh, earlier this year, uh, pre-COVID, obviously. And he was a member of a group that cost, in my opinion, was a lot of money to be a part of. And I was chatting with him about, well, what's good about this group? Tell me what about this group. Tell me about we practiced. Why do you, I mean, it's so interesting. I had a lot of questions for him and very new dentist and, and got involved with this group. And he had stellar things to say about this, this group that he was a part of. But to me, when I spoke to him, he seemed like an associate dentist. He didn't seem like an owner dentist. He didn't, uh. he seemed like somebody who the, the best advice would be, be an associate for the rest of your career. And now I'm not an expert, but to me, it was just the way that he carried himself, the way that he talked, the way that he talked about things. And I, the thing is like, I felt like in that moment, he'll never get that advice from a, from a, from the consulting group that he's part of because it's a monthly membership fee. 
and you'll never so, get the advice like hey yeah. you might want to check your self-awareness and like go work for someone well look at the goals yeah. the goals are in, in they're not aligned the consultant wants to never be fired but really in theory if you think about it a consultant should be i i don't believe it consulting is just uh, as a name it just drives me batty but like a coach yeah. a coach should teach you to see your peak performance areas and your weaknesses and give you the guidance and let you go Right. You should be let free from this relationship. Right. And the consultant's like, yeah, well, you know, we got to, we got to, let's talk about this. It's almost like therapy. Like sometimes like, and not to knock therapy, but it, it seems like sometimes from an outsider, I'm not a trained psychologist. I don't want to knock anybody. I'm sure, sure it helps a lot of people. Let me, but, let me say one more thing in this break. Yeah. And, um, and save me from that comment. So, so many times. Well, that, I was about to, yeah. So thank you for that. No, Therapy's no. So great. many times we, as we are clinicians, right. And so our knee jerk goes to, let me diagnose. Right. And so, you know what I need? I need a, I need a coach. I need a consultant. I need something. And we haven't I need help sat, with my marketing and we haven't sat down long enough to identify like really what it is that we need. Because like, look at the end of the day, like a lot of us have trainers, you know, in, in the gym, not because we've never worked out or don't know how to keep working out. It's, we need accountability in something. So do you need someone who's going to keep you accountable doctor, or do you actually need to learn new, a new skill set that you don't have? Or do you just need someone that's going to be like Craig said, is it more of a psychological thing? And so it's not a one size fits all like, Hey, who should I go hire? I think you need to sit down and have some self-awareness and some, yeah. some reflection to say like, this is kind of what I need. And this is going to move the needle in my life, my business, my whatever, my practice. Um, and I think that is pr truly the first step because what's good for Dr. A is not going to be the same for Dr. B. Right. Like our, our, our mastermind and our consulting, <laughs> right. our coaching wouldn't resonate with every dentist. If you're not a growth minded, like, you know, it, it's just not going to resonate with you. You're not going to, you're, you're going to be like overwhelmed and I don't want to do this. And I'm in the wrong group kind of thing. So you got to find what, what you need. At where yeah, you and are I think the consultants can prey on that. Uh, they, they can prey upon the lack of understanding of what you really want. So there's a lot of consulting companies out there. They'll say, this is what you need. You need three practices. You need to learn this. You need to learn sleep apnea and do all this stuff. And they never ask like, what is it that you want to achieve? And dentistry is such a beautiful profession in that it can exactly replicate what you want. So you've crafted a practice from what I can understand that's one location and it has a focus on charity which is very different from what Pete wants or from what Dr. Jones wants. And that's the beauty about dentistry, but a consulting, a lot of times they'll fail to take that first step. So we meet a lot of people like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And then when, once we ask a series of why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do that? They realize that they really don't want to do that. Yeah, they just cut they just and paste that narrative. Someone, they cut yeah. and paste that narrative of someone else's They hijack else's someone else's vision. vision. And the mm -hmm. worst fail you can ever get is to have everything you ever wanted and still be unfulfilled. And that's a recipe for, that's what a lot of people are signing up for. Like I'm going to go follow Dr. Jones and his protocol for the five minute endo and then this and that. And they wind up being really, really unhappy. And that, I think that's why we have a lot of unhappiness in dentistry. So I think if you have a coach and they really spend the time to get underneath the hood and say, why do you want this and what your ideal life would look like and then custom tailor your desires and your vision, that's exactly. money well spent. And then reverse engineering that. I think as dentists, we need plans and steps because we are systematized people. We are engineers and stuff. And yeah. we, like, we like the process. And so that's where Craig and I are, are a good match is that I am a process dude. I am a systems guy. I'm SOP. Like I am a checklist thing. And he has the more of the, the, you know, the leadership and feelings and how to motivate and all these things. So that's why it's a cool blend. But I think as dentists, we want to see, we want to see the how to, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of how to get out of the mess we're in or how to grow or, or whatever. And so 
I don't know why I went that tangent. I just, yeah, because there's a consultant out there that will say, I'll guarantee you 20 implant patients per month. And someone told you the implant patients are the right thing to do. So you go out and take a bunch of surgical courses. You're hating it. You're getting your patients. You're making money. And you're like, I hate this. I really liked, do, I liked doing the other thing. Right. So I think the most That's valuable That's a great question, question Brady, I think, by the way. I think the most valuable question guys like us can ask people is why? And then why that? And then why that? Well, why do you want that? What do you really want? Like what yeah. would be a life well lived? What would be a career well lived? And, and a guy like you, Brady's figured it out. You know, what makes you tick the charity and you figured it out. But until you do that, Brady, and this is the last thing, and you know, I like to keep things pithy. Um, but until you identify where to set the coordinates on your GPS when Craig, and then Craig was saying, like you asked the why you keep having to get down to that, you know, what is your North star until you identify that? Like literally you're going to be thrown off track so many times. And then you're going to say like, I quit because I see Dr. You know, Dr. Appa doing a million veneers and I wanted to do that. Like, you're not going to have the, you're not going to have the fortitude to get to, you know, if you don't set your GPS to where you want to do it, be, and it's supported by your why you're not, you know, you're going to be easily yeah. thrown off course. I love all these answers. And this is why I like you guys. I mean, this is honestly one of the reasons why I like the, the Bulletproof uh, podcast you guys do because this is the kind of talk that I think really set you guys apart from other consulting firms, Docs that I've seen. Well, look, we got I, the bruise to prove skeptical. it, right? We've got, and I'll show you the scars right. that you know. And so that's that's the uh, that's the thing, and Greg will yeah. as well. So thank you for that, Brady. I appreciate. So that. yeah, no glowing recommendation from me for any dentists or dental professionals out there listening. Um, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, what's the Wolf of Wall Street guy's name? Uh, Jordan Jordan uh, Belfort. Belfort. Yeah, I watched a really interesting clip with him, and he says, "You ask him like, gunner salesman, hey, uh, sell this pen." I want you to sell me this pen, right? And they start like getting right into, well, this pen is the greatest pen of all time. And you gotta, you gotta have this pen and everyone else has this pen and Kim Kardashian has this pen. And if you don't have this pen, then you're nothing. And he says, that's not, that's not sales. Right. Sales, a good salesman is gonna say, what kind of pen are you, in, are you looking for? What, what are you looking to get out of a pen? What, do you want a pen that doesn't run out of ink? Do you want a pen you can write upside down with? What kind of money are you trying to spend on a pen? And you ask all these qualifying questions and that's the difference between a good, a good coach is I'm actually trying to help you find out what you want and guide you to there instead of just cramming this pen down your throat. And creating that vision, right? Imagine this is the pen that you're going to sign that million dollar check with and you can see it. It's on blue paper in the check. And that, you know, that's where we kind of get into the stuff with like Craig talks yeah. about like uh, Craig, the descriptive visionary stuff. Um, um, but no, that helps. That is part of Stella and the storytelling that goes behind it. All these things, right. Is, is sales at the end of the day. And that's what Jordan Belfort is kind of talking about. Well, yeah. yes. And I was in our chat, I was saying success leaves clues and think of the most, the person you most admire um, and think about what they achieved, you know, whether or not that's financial achievement or just they're fulfilled because they're artists or musicians, they always had a vision for what they wanted to be and what they want to achieve. And I think that in dentistry, it, the consulting business has hijacked that and people want to save calories. Thinking's hard work. It's really hard to sit down with pen and paper and like write out what you want to achieve for your dental career. And, and it's just easier to go to like Acme Consulting. Well, you know, here's Tom. Tom said, you know, I went from zero to $200,000 and $2 million and five easy steps. And everybody's just looking for the easy button and you'll get it. You may follow that protocol and system and wind up being super, you know, significantly not unfulfilled. And that sucks. So anybody that's really asking more questions about what you want to achieve, that's the person you want to work with. It's not just a sales tool. I mean, it's true. I mean, that pen may not be the right fit for that person, but if they really have a vision for why they need that pen, you've actually helped that person by yeah. selling them that pen. 
exactly. Same thing with no, exactly. case acceptance. Same thing. Case acceptance mm-hmm. is it. So I, half mm-hmm. the time I see doctors that come out of a consult room like, well, what's mo-, you know, it's like I'm thinking about a bridge. I'm thinking about this. I'm like, well, what do you think? I'm like, well, what's most important to the patient? And they literally cannot tell me. And know. I'm not doing that as a sales tool. I mm-hmm. want to know what's important to them because I believe the best dentistry for any patient is the least amount to make them happy and get them healthy. And I just ask questions. Do you want to sleep with your teeth or without your teeth? Oh God, I can't sleep without my teeth. Now I know I don't, you know, so it's just like whoever's asking the best questions will be the best friend and fit for you. Yeah. And they'll, and they'll tell you the person you're coaching or they'll tell you exactly where to go with them. If you listen and the patients, patients do that the same way in dentistry. That's, that's amazing. But we do um, have we do have consultants that have like religious beliefs that say this is the religion of selling and this is how you do it and mirror and matching mm-hmm. and all this body work stuff. It's it seems it seems like it's inauthentic, but I mean whatever works for you as long as you're helping people. Yeah. I don't know how to identify all the predatory practices and, and firms out there who really shouldn't be out there. I think it's really difficult. I think we've spent a long time talking about that. But one of the things I like that I want to key in on and kind of segue in another question for you guys that I have is is knowing yourself self-awareness being able to realize well this is my goal i got a question a little bit a little while ago of someone saying hey i don't really feel the need to take ce ever again i'm comfortable with my abilities i'm comfortable with my income and that's not what i want anymore and i want to spend more time with my family i don't know why i get questions like this i'm not this is not what i I, people but but to me the idea well i think the thought of of not taking any more continuing education courses um i think that's fine as long as you are honestly comfortable with that and my advice was that's i think that's great i don't have i don't have any problem with that at all it seemed like you had enough self-awareness to say what i want to do now is keep everything consistent keep this ship going in the exact i got the ship in the direction i wanted to go as long as that's the case the ship's going where you want yeah you're gonna you're gonna keep you know? You're gonna you're gonna keep steering that that way, and you want to focus on other things. I think that's that's okay. What do you guys think about that kind of? Um, I just think nothing coasts. Kind of nothing coasts in life, Brady. I mean, and it just goes like literally the moment we feel like something's coasting, you're either you're either growing or contracting. And I don't think there's like a just a coast along. Kind there of is thing. a coast and, in between when the growing uh, momentum slows down and the momentum of declining goes up. You're coasting in between those two places, but it's momentary. I dig it that he's saying like, look, I really just don't want to do that. I want to focus on X, Y, and Z. And maybe that's just the season of his life. And, and like, um, maybe he's just really reached a happy plateau and wants to preserve that. But like saying like, I, I hate growing and learning now is like, I think that's the wrong dag- dogmatic approach to like what he's trying to preserve. So I, I, I like what he's trying to get at, but probably the wrong, that's maybe the wrong, uh, CE is probably not the enemy to that is what I'm saying. Right. It's probably not like, I'm, I'm not going to learn anymore. That's going to keep me here. He's probably just that he doesn't yeah. know what else to say. Yeah. I think what he was talking about and I, I, when he responded back to me, I, he, it, it's more the traveling for CE. Oh, and so yeah, that's easy. Well, said, welcome to COVID. There's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of free content. Out. This, is this is a pre COVID question. Okay. But well, I, good. I God, through. God answered his question for him. That's right. <laughs> sure, I sure wish did. I could learn. I wish there was a way to like make the whole world kind of stay indoors. I could learn from home. Well, and, and here's another thing, Brady, too. One more thing is this. And sometimes we say that as dentists and we get just super inundated and tired of learning. But that doesn't, there's so much more. We think that we are very myopic in what we think we need to learn. I need to learn how to prep a crown first. Or I need to learn how to do color mat, whatever it is, right? So what about 
what about learning how to lead and lead a team better? What about learning how to become a dream manager for people? What about learning marketing? What about learning something different that's going to help grow yeah. you in some way? It's not always about the clinical. That's why he needs a coach. That's why that guy needs a coach because he's, he's automatically diagnosed and prescribed exactly what he needs. It's like, you know, I've done Coist, I've done Spear. There's nothing Just because you don't there. get a credit for something doesn't mean you should not do the course, right? Just because yeah. you don't get a CE, you know, AGD credit doesn't mean that it's not something worthwhile of learning. So he comes back and says to you, Peter, Craig, I make $650,000 a year. I'm very comfortable. Right. I don't need it. That's, that was one of his, that's what, that's what he came back to me okay. <laughs> and said, and I think, well, that's a really good income. That's humble a brag. very, it's very a humble brag. That's a very, very good income. Mm-hmm. And I found myself without a lot of like, sounds like you got to figure it out, man. That was it. Sounds like you got to figure it out. Do your thing. Uh, it, it, was, yeah. it was either it was probably a cry for help i mean it's probably the same thing of like he's successful and unfulfilled is what he's probably i mean listen right. we're, we'd have to play like mind reading that, here that i think you're on to something yes. with that successful and unfulfilled because the same thing happened to me when i so one of the things that started me on this charitable service road was i knew it was lacking and five years into my career for five years being in a dentist i was doing very very well i was super comfortable with my income Loved, I loved my income part of it was great, but I was unfulfilled. I did not like being a dentist. I didn't like my job. And then I started realize actually three things I noticed. I hated dentures. So I stopped doing dentures. That was a big thing because I, that drove me nuts. And I had to realize that I also worked with people I didn't want to work with. So I, I dreaded going to work because of people that I worked, that I was their, their employer. It was my job to either make them, make them part of the team in a cohesive environment or get rid of them and replace them. And I wasn't doing that. I wasn't strong enough to do that at the time. So I start, I started making some road, uh, some, some headway on that. You were stressed. Third, yeah. And the third that. thing was charitable service. I couldn't do charitable. I wasn't doing charitable service. And I knew probably just from my upbringing that that was something that I should be doing that I was not doing making those three changes. But you made the declaration to make those changes, which change the trajectory of your happiness in perpetuity, right? And so here's why I feel like there's so much unhappiness in our profession. People identify, God, I really don't like Sally or the people I work with, or I hate doing MODs and they keep going on my schedule and they don't change anything. So they just go on their entire career miserable because they think they have to keep this on their schedule. They think they, they feel vulnerable for not firing Kathy, even though they hate Kathy because they think Kathy runs the office. And if I fire Kathy, my lifestyle goes away. Right. So people remain in this fear-based dentists, especially live in this fear-based situation of, oh my gosh, if I change X, will it change Y? And my life will be kind of, you know, tragedy. And and you just said, look, I'm not gonna do that. Right. And so you said, look, right. no more dentures, right? Probably didn't change your income at all. Even though if you were doing a lot of dentures, it filled, it, it got filled with something else that you liked. It's just the way life works. And yep. then you, you, you fired people that, you know, you only either fired that person or got rid of the people that you like. I fired them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and which yep. so many times in our, either our, either our summits or whatever, we hear of these people and it's like, and honestly it took COVID for them to kind of like fire or not rehire them. Right. It was kind of that, that was one of the silver linings of COVID It's like, I, I've always not really liked this person. And we're like, well, don't bring them back. If you let everyone go, right. Don't yeah. bring that yeah. one person back. It's an easy out. Um, but so many dentists are so, we see, we feel so vulnerable by this key person who's been with me for 20 years, but they're, they're toxic 
to the culture and they're toxic to the, you know, new people and all these things. And like, they don't, they're toxic to having, wanting to change and grow because humans don't like change, all these things, right? So I love it, Brady, that you just put, you, you drew a line in the sand for yourself and you said, look, these three things, you identified number one, these three things are making me unhappy and I'm changing them. Come yeah. I'm burning Stress. the boats, come hell or high water, these yeah. things are changing. Stress comes from knowing exactly what to do and taking no action. Yeah, that's exactly, and that's exactly where I was for at least a year. At least a year. I kind of knew, I kind of knew that, or I should have known looking back that I should, I should have known that that was, that was the case. But digging into this guy's quandary though, interestingly enough, he's reaching out to you. So obviously there's some discontent. He's asking for advice, right? He's, he's looking for affirmation or advice. Someone along the line said, hey, you need to learn all, you need to be spear and coist, and you need to do all this. If you just do this, you'll be happy. And he did it. And now he's like, what next? And yeah. progress, you know, whether we're just growing in any way, you're going to tend to be happier. So progress equals happiness for every human being. And the idea that I'm done, I make 600 grand a year and I'm done, that's cool for his, his financial health, but not good for his emotional well-being. And if he's listening, I would say you got to find a way that you can start improving. Because yeah, you- I think you nailed it, man. When you said successful but unfulfilled, money huge, money isn't success it's by not, many by no stretch of the and, and I think that I think that when you when you have it, you realize that. And I think that was his way of realizing that. I think that's a really key kind of you know play psychologist for a second. And I think you're onto something with but that. But look, we are kind of taught though, Brady, either in dental school or even our society, that that is our North Star. Make more money because I'll be yeah. happier kind of thing. And then you get to that finish, your whatever, whatever that metaphorical line is that you're saying, you get there and you say, oh shit, what now? Oh God, I don't feel any different than when I was making 80 or 100,000 know, in this guy's situation, right? And then it's like, and then people have a freak out moment because it's like, oh shit maybe it's just all internal forces. You know, people have these come to Jesus, you know, thinking like I'm hopeless now because I got the goal that I thought would make me happy. And now I'm here and I'm really not any more happy. Yeah. And that, and that, like I said, that was a turning point for me for sure. Um, And it's just this, this segue into success isn't what you always thought it was going to be. And you thought you knew at one point what success meant to you, but that's an, evol- that's an evolving type of idea. At least it has been for me. And at this point, uh, I am very comfortable with my income for sure. But the next step for me is leaving a legacy. And, and that's well, and, and, the hierarchy of needs. It's, it's and, and at some point, of needs. exactly right. At some point, I think everybody shifts to that is that now I just want to what am I going to be? I worry about what am I going to be remembered by? What am I teaching my kids through my example? What am I teaching? you know, people who know me and that, and so that's what I decided I wanted to be was a purveyor of dental needs to people who are, have no possibility of getting them. And, uh, and that's turned things around for me. And as I build that, that's going to be How old are you, what Ray? I measure my success. 39, just turned 39. Okay. And, and I, think uh, it, I think it's fair to just assume Brady, that's going to change over time too. You know, like life kicks mm-hmm. you in the knees and, or in the, gives you a gut punch and, you know, legacy is important right now, but just like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, it, it could have been survival three months ago. So, you Definitely. know, so yeah, it's, it was. You're, you're always Probably. moving in and out of these needs. <laughs> it was survival. That's so right. it's, you know, Maslow, the Ma- no. Ma- Maslow's theory is that it, it's right. as we reach certain things, we crave for more. But it, it, I think just to kind of cast a wide net, so we're hearing all of our people, 
you're, we're all going through our different stages and we've all gone through unfulfilled despair, feeling down and then feeling fulfilled and going to legacy and stuff like that. But we pop in and out of all these cycles. So don't hear us saying like, Oh, we're, we're at legacy right now in a way that's like, cause tomorrow, you know, God forbid with our families and health and stuff like that, you can be back in survival again. That's just life. And eventually you will be forced to, to, to be in every phase of your, of your needs. So it's just, it just, to, to the people that are listening that are struggling, no, that's part of the process. It's breakdown and breakthrough. You can't, you have to break down. You have to break down in order to break through. And Pete and I have that friendship where we've seen each other break down and we're there to remind each other, hey, this is a phase. You know, human beings think that when something's going bad, it's going to go bad forever. And when it's good, it's going to go good forever. It's just not true. So and sometimes be- too, Brady, when the bad thing's happening, I always tell Craig, like, we just need to always. zoom. We just need a little zoom. If you, if you can give yourself you know, I think everything happens for us, right? Like, like silver lining comment like, you made to me during COVID, remember? Yeah, life happens like, for us. And maybe not the time, and, and there are exceptions to that rule, but if you just give life enough time to zoom out, whether that's time or distance or whatever, and zoom way out, whatever tragedy you're dealing with, there's silver linings that come like, holy shit, this would not have happened. But when you're in it, when you're in, right. when you're in the thick of it, it blows, right? Yeah, and we crave meaning. Like, what does this mean? What does it mean today? I don't know what the fuck it means. Make, make a couple days. Um, by the way, I didn't realize- You might not allow pa- cussing on his podcast. I know. I just realized that, by the way, this is a patient-focused podcast for Vancouver, Portland area, and I apologize for the profanity. I, it was an implied <laughs> consent from my thought of this being- uh, Listen, you were the I, only I, one who I, gave yourself implied gonna, consent. I yeah, did not consent to cussing. <laughs> Well then, beat me it's, out, and I'm sorry. It's all right. You'll never beat. You'll never beat the episode where I have. John, I had John McAfee on my podcast. Oh my god! And, uh, and wait, uh, you had McAfee on? I think I, I knew this. I did. Wow. I did have McAfee on, and wow. uh, that guy was he as mystical as as uh, I would imagine him to be? Oh, mystical isn't the word I would use. <laughs> um. I could see that being a very flowery uh, description of what. Oh yeah, I'm trying not to. You know, don't sue me, bro. Kind of thing. I'm trying to get into that like. No, McAfee is is like eight kinds of crazy, man. He's like eight kinds of crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's super interesting to talk to, and um, you know, we went all over the place. And if you listen to the podcast, you're not going to get a whole lot. I feel bad for his poor penis at the end of this year. You know this, yeah, we right? Talk, we talked. We no. talked about that. We talked oh about my God. His, his 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 Bitcoin prediction by the end of 2020. He made this prediction in 17. By the end of 2020, if it's not a million dollars, he will eat his penis live on TV. I don't understand how that those words come out of any person's mouth. It just right? doesn't like, seem like a normal it, wait, thing. Wait, Brady, I'm right about that, isn't that? Did I get? Did I mix that that's, story? You no, can't. That's, I, that's, that, that's the prediction. That, that's exactly what he tweeted. Okay. He goes back now and talk. I brought that up. Of course, I brought that up. Oh, and let me, and he's backtracking now. Like, oh, I was just joking. He's like, if you oh, guys yeah, thought yeah. that I was, you guys watch me and you think I'm serious. Oh, you think geez. I'm, you know, so he like, that's, that's his, that's his, uh, mm. that's his thing. But, wow. you know, no, uh, Craig, Craig's fine. We're, we're okay. We yeah, you can beat the, Craig. We haven't crossed the John. Sometimes I just silence him when I'm, we're on podcasts and I just, you know, so you no, can, I, you can I'm, beep him. I, half the time he's been muted on Zoom. So, uh, <laughs> His, his stories, I'll edit them back in if I find that they're worthy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, Brady, I love you. Brady, you want to be a, you want to be a, on the Bulletproof co-host? He is. Yeah, dude. He's a co-host right now. Okay. I just, I took your job, Craig. I just took your job. Hey, it's Craig, all good, out. bro. You're out. All good. I'm in, in with the, in with the millennial. Good. Are you a millennial, Brady? Yeah, he is. I think I, I think you I You made the cut. Are you born in 81? 
81. So yeah, I'm, you're, I'm, you're, an elder, you're like, I'm an elder millennial. And you are a uh, Oregon Coast, mm-hmm. Oregon Trail millennial, where you played that on TV. You're not the... Uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're the older. If Kurt Cobain was with, a millennial, you'd be one. Yeah, that's how I learned about have. dysentery and cholera, was from Oregon Trail. <laughs> when I got it. A well, lot. First, choose your own adventure. At, out of nowhere, doing just fine. And all of a sudden, oh, you got dysentery. Yeah, half, yeah. Half go, your go. crew's dead. Shoot. Guys, this has been fun. I really enjoyed talking with you guys. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So uh, I appreciate uh, you guys reaching out and and helping put this together. I hope like we all need to. I feel like we all need to collaborate again at some point in the future. And just because it's a, it's listen. If you if you need someone to fill a gap at one of your seminars, uh, one of your uh, conferences with with uh, uh, you know charitable service and the marketing power of charitable service and the personal fulfillment. Do you speak on that a lot? I mean, I did. I know you did it for you. I didn't know you. I didn't know you. you I I have prepared. No, I prepared a presentation. My intention is to speak on it, and that was what I was working on before COVID, and no one's speaking anywhere now. Right. Uh, but that yeah. was what I want to do. So I've committed to myself for like a year or two. I want to send, I want to present this message to as many, to as big of an audience as I can possibly get. And so I'm offering up speaking services for free. I'm a, I'm an okay speaker, but this is a, this is a, my message is one that I don't think I hear any dental gurus conferences really addressing is, is the, uh, not just, do charitable service because it feels good, but not it's, it's our ability to do it. Mm-hmm. The very little cost of entry that there ex- that, that exists to do free dentistry, and then the and then massive the meta, the monumental benefit yeah. and effect, and just dentistry in general could use always use some good PR. Dude, that's a great. I mean, I don't know. I I, I would love to have you speak on that because I think that is a. Uh, well, yeah, I agree I with call, that. I, I will charge you. Precisely zero dollar. It's good because that's I, what we pay our speakers that, is, oh. is zero. So you know you fit that criterion. Yeah. Well, um, Brady, you just went dark. By the way, uh, I know my idiotic brother just called me. Okay. Oh, so yeah, my freaking brother. No, but um, anyway, I'd love to collaborate with you guys more in whatever in whatever uh, whatever makes the most sense for for both of our. Let's do it. Let's do it. I loved it. I love chatting with you, buddy. And it was, it's good to get to know you a little bit better and uh, you're good people. And I want to want more people to hear that. that. Feel the same way about both you guys too. Awesome. Thanks, Brady. That was great, man. Really appreciate getting to know you. That was awesome. All right. Tune in next week, guys. Are you guys guys weekly? We are weekly. Yeah, we try to be as best we can, you know, tune in next week to the bulletproof and a drill where we're both going to have different topics next week. (laughs) And it's going to be awesome. Not as awesome as this week, but equally awesome. See you, everyone. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody.